Okay, threat to democracy, fill in the blank. I see Democrats, you wrote in January 6th. I see Republicans, you said everything's just fine, it's perfect. Coming up on the Anti-Woke Podcast. I learned some more stuff about the Houston gun buyback they did, I don't know, a month ago. And I guess they were paying $150, basically you got a $150 Visa gift card. Whatever, you know, you could spend it on anything when you turned in a gun. And the idea was to get dangerous guns off the streets. Maybe your, you know, some old lady's husband died and she's got a bunch of guns that she ain't going to use. Like she could take them there for some quick cash. And I don't know, just the thing didn't quite work out the way that they wanted it to work out. I mean, like I don't, I don't oppose gun buybacks. I think they might be a useful thing. But this buyback just shows you a couple of the problems you may have with your little gun buyback. In the little city of Houston, I believe fourth largest city in America after New York, LA, Chicago, even though Dallas Fort Worth is bigger than Houston. But you take away Fort Worth, and now Houston's bigger than Dallas. So, the one thing I talked about this previously. So, the one thing I knew that happened was that some people just went to the gun back with a bunch of cash and they just walked up and down the line and whatever offered to buy guns, like if they saw a good one. Like, I'll say $150, that sounds pretty good. I got, uh, I don't know if they take black powder guns. If they take black powder guns, I've got, you know, maybe five garage sale black powder guns that I spent an average of $7 on each. So I, I'd certainly pay, take 150 for each of those. And I got a bunch of cheap 22 rifles that I might take 150 for. I mean, I kind of rather give it to, like, my whatever. You know, any friend of mine who has a 12-year-old boy son i'd probably rather give it to them than get 150 but anyways 150 ain't a bad deal but anyways private citizens were going there and buying the guns and i don't know in texas but you probably can just sell a gun to your friend there's no paperwork required the feds are trying to change that i don't know if they changed that or not yet where i live in oregon up until a few years ago maybe five years ago private sales were legal so you could buy guns at garage sales now you gotta get a licensed person involved for the transfer so that you're recorded in the FBI uh, database. So the thing that I didn't know about this gun buyback program was people were taking 3D printed plastic guns and selling them. I mean, it's like basically like you're selling it. You know, it's a buyback. It's also like you're taking a gun and selling it to the government or the Houston Police Department or the city of Houston. But so apparently there's some gun, I can't remember what it's called, maybe called the Charlatan. It's, it, something starts with a C. But if you have the 3D printer and all the trimmings or whatever and the knowledge how to build them, um, they cost $6 a piece to make. And it's basically like some plastic. This is a really small one. It's a Derringer, if you know what that is. It's a single-shot Derringer. It shoots one twenty-two bullet, and that's it. But it's just a few pieces of plastic, and then you have to, you know, at your hardware store or on online, I guess, more likely, you have to buy a spring and maybe a couple screws, something like that. And apparently there's two versions of this gun. You can buy a, um, what is it called, a barrel shroud? Not a shroud. A barrel insert. I, d I don't know the term. Anyways, you can buy like a metal piece for the barrel. So you can either just make a completely or almost completely plastic gun, including the barrel. So the bullet is going down a plastic barrel, which is not going to last. That's going to, uh, there's too much heat. It's going to destroy your gun. Um, or you can buy like a, just a little piece of plastic pipe, I guess, the right size. And you insert that into it, and now you got one that can fire, you know, many times over. 
and it must not be just normal pipe because it costs six dollars so you can make one that does has a plastic barrel for six dollars or for twelve dollars you can have a metal barrel and a gun that will fire repeatedly and i believe safely and reliably but this youtube channel i was watching he was reading the articles about it and i don't know i don't know what the name of the channel is you know look up uh gun buyback ghost gun houston or something on youtube you'll find him on there somewhere he completely covers his face like he's a wanted criminal. So that's the guy. But so this guy, he took like just a bucket or a tote, a tote, like a storage tote. He took a storage tote just full of these $6 guns. And I think he he brought enough guns to get like seven grand or something. But for whatever reason, they only bought, I think, $3,200 worth of his guns. You know, the $6 guns paying 150 each. And apparently, like, it was a line. There's a long line, or I don't know how long. There's a line of people selling their guns. And apparently, he, this guy wasn't the only one who had that idea. So he only got to, like, sell half his guns. And then somewhere farther back in the line was some guy who also had, like, a bucket of $6 3D-printed guns. But anyways, he didn't get to sell any of his. And so now the Houston Gun Buyback Program has a new rule that says they will not buy 3D-printed guns. And so I don't know how dangerous it is to be a fan of and making your own 3D printed guns. I mean, I don't follow this. I don't, I, don't, I don't follow this stuff, but, you know, I watch it on YouTube occasionally. And I notice, like, this guy, he's not the only guy I've seen, or maybe I just keep seeing the same guy, but, uh, like, he covers his whole face like he is, like, a wanted criminal. And I don't know if that's because he's really worried about some sort of legal ramifications, or if... You know, it's, it's, it might be an act for the YouTube viewing audience. Like, wow, this this guy's badass. He, this guy must be badass. He has to cover his entire face. And he had like a balaclava and tinted ski goggles. And I don't know what else. He had even more than that. He had like three or four things on his head. But watching this video kind of gives you uh, insight into the culture of people who are interested in 3D printing their own plastic guns. And so I don't know how long they've been calling, this, calling them this, but they call them ghost guns. Like, I don't, I don't know if I heard of it before, but Biden gave a speech about ghost guns maybe, I don't know, nine months ago, something like that. And I believe they're called ghost guns. Well, they're called ghost guns, first off, to make them sound scary. And I think the justification for that is that if you make your own gun, you don't have to put a serial number on it. So it's a, whatever, it's not in any sort of registry or database if you make your own gun. And America is the crazy-ass country that lets you make your own guns. But this YouTuber, he just, he kept going, every time he'd say ghost gun, like, oh, they bought the ghost guns, he'd be like, and remember, the ghost guns are the scariest type of guns that exist. And he's basically making fun of people, but I think if you ask people, you know, if you did a poll of the American public, and you're like, what's the scariest gun? And you gave them a list of, like, AR-15 and uh, ghost gun, and then pick some other guns, 22 rifle. I don't know, I don't know if they'd pick ghost gun as the scariest, but anyways, they probably... It sounds scary. It sounds kind of scary. I think people would be a little scared or would say that they're scared. But I guess here's the thought that I had. Like, I don't think this is going to be a total problem for a gun buyback program. So you just, first off, you say you don't take 3D printed guns. Okay, that solves it for gun buybacks. But I can imagine if you start 3D printing your own guns, it's going to be fun. Like, that's going to be, that's a fun hobby. And $6 a pop, I mean, that ain't bad. Or, you know, $12. I'm sure pretty soon you're making even fancier one. Like, oh, here's a... If if $6 gets you this, you know, what does $20 get you? And so I never thought that ghost ghost guns, I guess they're going to keep calling them ghost guns, 
3D printed guns. It's too many syllables. Ghost guns. Sounds good. But I can just imagine lots of tech people, you know, instead of playing video games, you start making ghost guns. Instead of trying to soup up your car with a hot rod, you make ghost guns. And so I think America, I mean, no one knows, has maybe like 340 million guns. But I think we may be about to have millions and millions and millions of more guns. They're going to be crappy guns that you would, you know, I don't even think you'd, you, would you, would you rob a liquor store with these things? I don't think so. But a six-year-old could accidentally shoot their 12-year-old, or sorry, a six-year-old boy could accidentally shoot his two-year-old sister in the head with them. I mean, they can still do that. So something to keep an eye on. Yeah, that makes me think a little more. Like, who wants a $6 ghost gun? Like, if you're a real blood or crip gangbanger, um, you got enough money to buy a real gun. I mean, real guns aren't even that expensive. Can you come up with, you know, $300 or splurge $500? Hell yeah, you can. But you know who can't come up with even 100 bucks, but they might want to be a gangster, would be like, want to be gangster kids. Like, you make it for $6... You sell it for $20. Who's in the market for that? Well, that could be like a, I don't know, like a, a kid who's like 10 to 12 and is a wannabe gangster. Or another person who would pay $20 for a $6 ghost gun is me. There's a new NBC poll that came out that asked Americans um, what their number one concern about America today is. And threats to democracy was number one at 24%. And I was listening to Useful Idiots. They're a podcast, but they're also on YouTube. And they're hardcore on the left. And they were talking about this poll. And then also this morning, I was listening to Commentary Magazine. And they're on the right. Uh, I don't know if I... I would say they're hardcore on the right, except they're not Trump supporters. They're so on the right, they hate Trump. Or something. That's not right. They're neocons. They want to go to war with every Muslim country is what they are. But the way the poll was worded, it's like... So number one was threat to democracy. Number two was living cost of living. Number three was jobs and the economy. And then it kept going on down. Uh, at the bottom was abortion, I think at 6%. Guns at 8%. And then some stuff in the middle. And so it looks like this poll, this poll is made to, you know, wording. Wording is very critical when you're asking people questions. And if you word stuff the correct way, you might be able to get the answer that you want. So they're doing a bit of that. Like numbers two and three are both about money and kind of inflation and stuff like that. Jobs, inflation, money. And if you combine those two things, then they would be number one. It'd be number one would be people are worried about money. And number two would be uh, threats to democracy. But you divide the money thing into two and then threats to democracy rises to the top. And apparently they've been doing this poll for a long time. And, you know, the way, the way for polls to be useful, because you don't know if they're accurate. You don't know if they're accurate, but that's not, that doesn't mean that they're not useful. What's very useful about polls is if you ask the same questions and you just do it, you know, month after month or year after year, however often you do it, you can see what stuff is going up and down. Like, you know, you, you may not really know that something is 10%, but when you see it go from 10% to 20%, you're like, well, that, that thing is on the, on the rise. You know, like guns at 8%. I don't know. Is that a big number? And I don't know. I wish I knew. The previous poll, I don't know what it was. It was probably higher. Guns are probably on the downturn, for instance. And abortion is probably on the upturn. You get the idea. 
And so the poll doesn't break it down any further. They don't tell you... Well, first off, they don't say, like, Republicans were this percentage and Democrats were that percentage. Like, that's what you... That's what we would really want for this poll or all the podcasts I was listening to. We all agreed. That's what we wanted to know, which they didn't say. Because the mainstream media, they say that January 6th was is the biggest threat to democracy since who knows when. Civil War. I don't know. But so, you know, what's a threat to democracy? Fine. Uh, January 6th and Trump trying to st- steal the election, I guess. But if you ask, ask a uh, super MAGA, mega MAGA. Ultra mega. If you ask an ultra mega person what's the biggest threat to democracy, they're going to be like, oh, well, that time the, that the Democrats stole the election from Trump. And so it's not clear if any Republicans, you know, said threats to democracy are the number one problem in America today, or if that was just the Democrats saying that. But it reminds me of when, or makes me think of the time that Donald Trump took the term fake news, which was a term, you know, Fox News, whatever. People on the right were doing a bunch of fake news. And then Donald Trump called news on the left fake news. And all of a sudden, I mean, that's stuck. Now now when people talk about fake news, they're talking about fake news in the mainstream media. And if I was Trump, and he's a crazy person. He's a crazy person that cannot be wrangled, right? It's like herding cats. Trying to get Trump's brain to do something, I think, is like herding a bunch of cats, which obviously cannot be done. But Donald Trump, if I was him, um, and I wasn't crazy... I would start, I would take over the term threat to democracy. I mean, that, that would fit perfectly in with the idea that the election was stolen from him. I mean, there's no bigger threat than stealing the election from him. So I got my little 16-pound rescue dog chained up. Not as bad as it sounds. But anyways, I decided to see what words he knows. And so the baby talk I do with him is Dogabaga and Boozawooza. Then obviously I say the word Henry because that's his name. And also, a lot of times I say, come on, like, Henry, come on. And so I tried Dagabaga while he was chained up, and he he didn't know what I was talking about. He didn't, you know, he didn't, he didn't look at me. Boozawooza didn't look at me. I tried his name, Henry. He didn't look at me. I tried, come on, and he's like, whatever, he was ready to go. He was, he was ready to come on, whatever that meant. He didn't know what that meant, but he was ready to do it. So I think other than just talking in a high-pitched voice... The only word that my dog knows is "come on." He doesn't even know doesn't even know his own name. Twitter handle at anti woke podcast. And thanks for listening.